Blanche ran, tripped, fell, got up, glanced back, put her head down, and sprinted for the trees, while the men kept yelling at her in French. Stop! Don't run! Stop! Stop! We want to speak to you! She reached the edge of the field and hurled herself into thick undergrowth, sucking in pine needles with every breath as she wormed her way under the tangle. Lying still, heart pumping, not daring to raise her head, she heard twigs snapping as somebody came so close that she could almost smell the hard-worked leather of his boots. She waited for several seconds, then raised her chin by a fraction. Through a screen of leaves, she could see a man leaning against a tree. She could hear his panting breath and saw his lips move when he broke the silence. The question came softly, as if he already knew where she was. Blanche remained motionless, except for her eyes that continued to watch him, rat-like, small, unshaven. After a pause, the man spoke again, telling her to show herself, each French word spoken with menacing softness. He fumbled for a cigarette and lit it. He finished his cigarette and lit another. My only option now is to... She stood up with the thought unfinished. He whirled to face her, snatched a pistol from his belt and stared, eyes wide with surprise. The cigarette fell from his mouth. Blanche faced him squarely. Wiping a damp leaf from her chin, she said, I have come from England. I am a friend of France. He came closer, jabbing the pistol into her chest, shrugging his shoulders and shaking his head, evidently unable to understand what she had said. Stepping back, Blanche vainly tried to brush the gun aside, then, drawing on a fluency known since childhood, spoke to him in his own language. I was trying to deliver a spitfire to an airfield in England, and will you kindly stop pointing your gun at me? He lowered the pistol. Women do not fly spitfires. In England they do. He looked her up and down. The curve of his lip made it clear that he didn't believe what she was saying. Waving his gun in the direction of the buildings, he said, Follow me. Blanche wanted to run, hide, escape, find a friend. But the dice had rolled, and she knew she would have to do exactly what he said, or else risk violent death. They skirted the edge of the wood. While crossing another field, she saw the barn that had appeared so suddenly under the wing of the gliding spitfire. They entered a cottage, with the pistol jabbing painfully between her shoulder blades. A cluttered table occupied the centre of the main room. The smell of cooking under the low ceiling and the cry of a hungry baby coming from another room reminded Blanche that a slice of bread and a cup of tea was all she had been able to grab before catching the early train to Henley. A woman descended the stairs, snatched her hand to her mouth, and with wide eyes took in Blanche's bulky overalls and flying boots. Who is this girl, Gilbert? Where has she come from? The man poked the pistol back into his belt. Claims she's English. The woman said, I heard an aeroplane come down. Surely she didn't. It crashed in the bottom meadow. Then you'll have to go and deal with it, Gilbert. 
I look after the girl. She tugged at Blanche's sleeve with one hand and pointed to the stairs with the other. On a narrow landing on the first floor, she pushed Blanche into a small room and stepped back. The dry hinged door swung shut, a key turned, and she heard the woman's feet clumping noisily down the stairs. Blanche pushed fingers through her hair and looked around. A small table and two chairs stood randomly in the centre of the room, under an unlined roof that showed chinks of daylight between the tiles. A portable lavatory and a made-up bed reminded Blanche of her desperate need of both. After testing the lavatory, she crossed the room and knelt by a low window under the eaves. The spitfire was squatting on the grass like a legless bird. Men had gathered around it, waving their arms and shouting at each other.